Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Everybody, welcome afternoon drive. Goodman Mason, watch us mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda loaded with inventory. You can get the right car at the right price, like the Mazda CX5 or the Mazda CX30. Now they have the Mazda CX50. You're gonna to love to take any of those for a test drive. Siltahar, family-owned business that's been serving Colorado families for over 60 years. And remember, at Siltahar Mazda, it is stress-free, it is hassle-free, and that's the way it should be. Go to Broomfield today or check them out at sthmazda.com. Well, here we go. Round one is over, Mace. And now Broncos fans are excited about round two because the Broncos are going to be picking with the last pick in the second round as of right now. Yeah, they still have quite a wait, potentially, unless they trade up. Of course, they could trade up, they could trade down, they could stand pat. Well, everything's on the table. Way to be decisive. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Why be decisive? Let's be truthful. Yeah, we really don't know. We really do not know. Listen, if George Payton can keep it under wraps that Russell Wilson is coming here, I don't think it's going to be leaking out of the organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, For all the good reporters that cover the Broncos, again, I compare George Payton to Pierre Lacroix when he used to run the Avalanche. Nothing ever got out of that organization. It was airtight. And I'm guessing I can speak for Terry Fry and Adrian Dater, who were beat writers for the Denver Post that they had a very difficult time breaking stories. And that's the way it is with the Broncos now. So if you had to guess, move up, move down, stay put, I can actually argue for all three. I could argue for all three. Want me to lay out my argument for you? Please do. Okay, number one, uh, George Payton, he said, I might be impatient. There are a lot of guys on the board right now that I'm guessing he would like to take a crack at. Number two, trading back, we know how much he likes his picks. He only has four next year, and if he trades up, he's going to be doing essentially a two-for-one. Essentially. Now, a lot of it depends on how a deal is constructed. Maybe they move up, they give up their second-round pick, they move up, and they give up a, I don't know, a sixth-round pick to move up, but then they collect a seventh-round pick from the other team. That's one way a deal can be constructed. And maybe, just maybe, a guy falls to where where he thinks that they're going to be. I mean, listen, they do plenty of mock drafts, and there is a difference between picking 64th and 75th. 75th, by the way, is their first pick in the third round. Maybe there are a couple of guys there um, sitting at about 60, and he believes they're going to slip to 64, maybe go as far as 75. Mm -hmm. That's... That's my argument. I, I can go for any one of those. I was thinking about that walking in, and I'm like, 
It, nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me. At the same time, kind of lingering and looming over this whole thing is the fact that they only have four draft picks next year, right? And they have nine this, and they have nine uh, between pick sixty four and the end of the draft, the draft this year. And so, because of the, they only have four picks next year, and they're not going to get any compensatory picks. They have nothing coming back based on the calculations of the compensatory pool, the projected calculations. How, how, how about a how about a trade? Let's say they're at 64 and they want to move up to 57. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they give up that pick. Mm-hmm. They give up a sixth round pick this year, but in return, they get a fifth round pick for next year. A deal like that to move up. I think also the other thing that may come into play is a deal where... Um, they trade 64 to a team for maybe even as high as a second round pick next year. Right. But also get back just to, just so they keep nine picks for this year, get back say a sixth or seventh rounder this year. Right. Cause I think, I don't think he wants to go down from the nine total picks that he has this year. There are and lo- he's and he's even said that the back end of the draft is stronger than this year than it has been because of all the players that chose to come back uh, for 2021 after the COVID year of 2020. That and that's something to kind of bear in mind as well. And and Peyton does believe in the more darts theory, even if those darts are later. He wants a volume of picks as well. So keep your keep your eye on that. There are a lot of computations and permutations when it comes to moving up, moving back, trading picks this year, trading picks for next year, so on and so forth. You did a deep dive on thednvr.com. You looked at a bunch of different guys who could be available at 64. I'm going to be specific with you on two positions I think they will be looking at. Mm -hmm. Listen, if they wind up taking a tight end, I'm not going to be blown away. If they take an offensive tackle, I'm not going to be blown away. But I think it would likely be cornerback or edge rusher. Give me a couple of guys people should keep their eyes on. If they go cornerback, keep it. I don't know if he'll drop, but Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson is still available. Uh, keep the guys that are more likely to be available at 64 if they stand pat are Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska and Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Now, the thing about McCreary is he doesn't check off any measurables. He just has good. He's he doesn't he ha, he has short arms. He's sub six foot. He's not especially fast, not especially quick in the timing drills. He is quick to make plays on the ball. He does have excellent technique. So if they want to go for the technique and and film over athletic measurables, they would look at a guy like McCreary. If not, Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska is a guy to keep, to keep uh, your eye on. On the edge right now, David Ojabo has dropped into round two. Don't know how far he's going to drop within round two. He's coming off the torn Achilles that he had last month at his pro day. The value is there, certainly, because before the Achilles, he was looking at being picked somewhere between about pick eight and pick 20 in the first round. The thing is, you might have to wait on a job, perhaps wait until 2023. He might be getting first round caliber talent, but he's still also still raw, relatively new to the game. He's from Nigeria by way of, of Britain. Another guy who's not quite as raw, more ready to contribute right away is Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. And it's probably a coin flip whether he's available at pick 64. Position preference for you. If you had to go in order, what would be your position preference? Personally? 
No. Uh, is there well, no, a, I mean, not, I, do you want me to answer this for me or for the Bronco or th- what I think the Broncos perspective is? I think they're two different things. OK, well, 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 you tell me what the what you believe the Broncos are thinking and then we'll give our opinion. I think the Broncos are thinking because cor- clearly we're going to tell I them think what the, to do. I think the Broncos are thinking corner, offensive line, all of it. Mm-hmm. Edge tight end. Now, are you saying order. are you saying Edge is third because they believe they can get somebody in the third round? No, I'm just saying like priorities. Oh, I think that's a mistake going that low with Edge. I think offensive line is a higher it may be a higher priority for them. Well, right. not just not just right long term right tackle, but even on the interior, they're looking long and hard at guys at the at, at both areas. <sighs> interior. Well, I suppose it's center if Cushionberry doesn't work if out. They don't believe in Cushionberry. Well, if they don't believe in minors, if they and, don't believe and don't, in Mooty. And we've talked about Dalton Reisner having an expiring contract too. And don't I mean, don't forget, I mean, you're looking for a different type of uh, offensive lineman perhaps now. Now, as we talk we talked with Quinn Miners this week, I think Miners has what it takes to make the transition. He lost the weight. He made he, the effort. Right. I, I give think, him credit for that. I think I think they should give him a fair shot. And this is the scheme relatively analogous to the one for which Dalton Reisner was drafted. Now, if it's my list, yep. I'm going tight end corner edge. O-line. Tight end corner edge. My Tight end is at the top of my list because why you don't have a generalist at tight end. What you have at tight end right now on the roster are specialists. You have a you have blocking special you have a blocking specialist yep. in Tomlinson. You have a pass catching specialist and Albert Oak Webinom. You don't have anybody that you that can do both reasonably well. That's why I say you have you have two specialists, but you don't have a generalist. Oh, and I right now, right now, you tip your hand as to what you're going to do play call wise based on the tight end you have out there. If we're being completely honest, they didn't have a generalist with Noah Fant. Well, he was a willing maybe, maybe blocker. They, they they would they would they would run with him, because again, not a skilled blocker, but a willing blocker. Albert, Albert Okwebunam is non-functional as a blocker. No offense. You and I disagree because you might I, be willing. I, I think I think much more highly of Fant than you do. I don't. No, I said I, I think much I more highly than you do. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's yeah he's willing because he's being told to do it and because and I don't think and he's because very, you don't get on the field at Iowa as a tight end unless you block I don't think he's very good at blocking and quite frankly I don't think he's very good over the middle he didn't break a lot of plays he now granted looking at their offensive system they didn't put him in a position either if we're being completely honest uh, I think cornerback or defensive end. Are their top two priorities? Because you have to look ahead, too. They have four wide receivers. They have four wide receivers, and I understand K.J. Hamler is coming back from an injury. And you have Melvin Gordon, who can catch passes out of the backfield. And you have Javante Williams, who can catch passes out of the backfield. You don't necessarily need more guys to catch the ball. I understand the mismatches that a tight end can pose. But if I'm being completely honest, I would rather, as a defense, face a mismatch with a tight end than a mismatch which you know you're going to have with KJ Hamlin. But you haven't solved the problem of the fact that you have a tight that you have a blocking tight end and a pass catching pass catching tight end, but you don't have one who can do both. G- generally, you, don't, you haven't you haven't solved 
the the basic problem that you're tipping that you are tipping your hand to some degree based on which tight end you're using. No, I'm with you on that. I'm not going to disagree, but I will see say I would be willing to bet most teams don't have a guy who can do both relatively well. Most teams don't. Not not yeah. every not every team has a George Kittle or a Travis well, no, Kelsey. They, you're talking about elite. Most teams have have guys who can be every down tight ends. Denver does not. And you know who else doesn't? Seattle. Coming up but after. They're gonna, but they're going to play Noah Fant in every situation, just like the Broncos use Noah Fant in every situation. Have fun with that, Seattle. Have fun with that. You really don't like Noah Fant, do you? It's, I don't, it's not that I don't like him personally. It's not that I don't like him personally. I thought he underachieved here. He really didn't do much. And I know what his numbers say. But you know what? At the end of the day. Numbers reflect production. Right. But you know what else reflects something? Big plays. Give, give me something where you made a difference. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll use this as my example. Curtis Martin has tons of yards. Do you remember anything truly memorable about what he did? Did he make huge plays? Did he make differences in games? I'm sure we can find a couple of examples. He played long enough. Success can be about accumulation. It can also be about playing a lot. It could also be about playing a lot as well. How many thousand yard seasons does Curtis Martin have? Lots. Yeah. Lots of them. I'm looking at right. I'm now 10 in a row. I'm with you. He had lots of them. How many 1500 yard seasons did he have? Uh, Two. That's impressive. Out of how many years? Uh, He played 11. Impressive. And no offense, in terms of his production, is a top seven tight end over the last three years. I'd rather have I'd, I'd rather have Trey McBride. Wouldn't you? Come on. Yeah, you would. Yes, you would. Don't even answer uh, that. Don't even answer. Because you, 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 you're you going to lie to me. I, you're going to lie to me. Don't I, lie to I me. Hope you lie that, to girls, you don't lie to me. I hope that uh, Trey McBride can be as productive as a pass catcher as Noah fan. I know he's a better blocker right now. Yeah, But again, he can do both. And right now, the Broncos don't have anybody on the roster who they can trust for both. Coming up uh, after the break, what did we learn about the NFL after watching the draft? Because there were a couple of things that I learned. I'm guessing there are a couple of things that you learned. And, boy, looking at all the quarterbacks taken in the first round, thank goodness they have Russell Wilson. At least least that's what the NFL is saying right now. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Three tackles, four wide receivers went in the first 12 picks of yesterday's draft. A running back wasn't selected in the opening round for the first time since 2014. In the meantime, in yesterday's draft, a pair of pretty good wide receivers were traded. But what stuck out to me was the Titans traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles, and then with the pick they got from Philly, they took a wide receiver. Over the last two, three years, we have seen a lot of wide receivers go in the first round. And it seems to be, um, I don't want to say a buyer's market, But so many guys are getting selected early. Listen, there are a lot of talented guys, and I totally understand that. But the way the NFL is going, with the way they are paying wide receivers, at least some teams, I think the attitude of a lot of GMs is, you're great. I'm not going to pay $100 million like A.J. Brown. I'll just go young. I can't really blame them for feeling this way. Either can I. Because it's a dependent position. It, it's not only a dependent position. When I was doing a, a live show last night, we, and the receiver run uh, was start was was happening, and uh, one of the co-hosts said, "Well, it's a good year for receivers." My counter was, "So has every over the year for the past five drafts." Yeah. College football, the one position above all that it has no problem producing pro-ready talent for is wide receiver. Right. Right. Okay. I want to go through something with you. I understand Cooper Cup. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. I think he's on his way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's had seven or eight great years. If he retired tomorrow, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Is that fair to say? Fair to say. Okay. He's on his way. I mean, that that year last year was like a modern day version of the. Uh, remember the remember Sterling Sharp, Shannon's brother. Correct. Yep. Had had some big seasons, including one really big year in nineteen ninety four. Right. He's still waiting for his gold jacket. Right. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way. He finally has a quarterback, so certainly that is helping him. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go through some Super Bowl teams. Teams that won. Not the team that lost. The team that won. Because it's not about, it is not about getting there. It is about getting a ring. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last year, two years ago, whatever you want to call it. Any Hall of Fame wide receivers? Not Gronkowski. Wide receivers on that team. Mike Evans is heading that direction. Okay. We'll see. Tyreek Hill might be. Right? Yes. Cap. Patriots, 2019, any Hall of Fame wide receivers on the, in that group? 2018 season, you mean? Um, yeah, you know what I mean. There He's are, played in 19. There 18, are so. some who argue for Julian Edelman. I think it's an incredibly poor argument. Philadelphia Eagles, year before. No. Patriots, the year before. Ditto, again, there are some that have argued for Julian Edelman, but in my opinion, based on the resume... Edelman has to get in line behind a lot of others who aren't in. Love me some Demarius Thomas year before he's not going into the Hall of Fame. The year before, New England Patriots. We can argue Julian Edelman again if you want to. The Seahawks, when they beat the Broncos. Any Hall of Fame wide receivers? No. Baltimore Ravens, year before. Any Hall of Fame wide receivers? Uh, Anquan Bolden is uh, borderline. Borderline. New York Giants, year before. Any Hall of Fame wide receivers? Uh that moment, um, no, no. Green Bay Packers. Any Hall of Fame wide receivers? Not Jordy Nelson. 
Not Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Um, Greg Jennings was still there, but he's just a very good receiver. New Orleans Saints the year before. Any Hall of Fame wide receivers? Michael Thomas wasn't there at that point. There you go. Now, you can make an argument the year before for Heinz Ward, who might get into the Hall of Fame, and he's a maybe. Mm -hmm. He's a maybe. Year before, New York Giants. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Year before, we're back to 2007. And yes, Marvin Harrison. And yes, pa and Reggie Wayne. Those guys. Well, Marvin Harrison's in. So, so there you go. 2006 season. And that's my point. So we'll see about Mike Evans. We will see about Tyreek Hill. We'll see what he does when he plays with Tua. When you're playing with Mahomes, your numbers are going to be a lot better. My point is, you have one surefire Hall of Famer since 2007 and there's all this emphasis on wideouts you better have the quarterback dependent position i mean mike evans was putting up some big years before tom brady walked in right he had a 1500 yard season with Jameis winston for example yep and uh had a couple of seasons with double digit touchdowns mm -hmm. uh before again but he's had put it this way his two highest touchdown seasons have come with tom brady right now He's not going to have Tom Brady much longer. Right. But I think one more big year with Tom Brady, that's going to push him well north. That's going to push him well north of 10,000 yards. Right. He, he's 25 touchdowns away from 100 for his career. So I think Mike Evans is going to be I think so. the one. There you go. That, but Every, that's an exception, right? I mean, I, I, I can't look at anybody else right. except uh, Anquan Bolden. That was not peak Anquan Bolden with the Ravens. Right. That was Bolden starting to slow down. Getting back to Evans, every season has been a thousand yard season. I'll concede on that. I will certainly concede on that. But but we're seeing all this money being thrown around. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, you think for a minute, listen, Miami might have a pair of thousand yard wide receivers this year with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. We'll see how good Tua is. Tua's got to get him the ball. Exactly. So that said, it's not like two is a bad passer. No, he just doesn't throw a very good deep ball. But he can throw it out in front on short to medium. Like the thing that you're going to see with a lot of with Tyreek Hill, for example, is is uh, yards after the catch. Right. So if two is just placing it out in front in the right spot, short to intermediate, he's going to be fine. I think that's what they're asking for, from him this year, to be honest. Because like you said, his deep ball, his deep ball is there. If they're going to hit the deep ball, it's probably going to be more down the scene to Mike Kosicki. By the way, I got news for you. Anquan Bolden should not be in the Hall of Fame. Really? He, his numbers are his numbers because he played so many years. Played from 2003 to 2016. One, two, three, four, five, six, 1,000-yard seasons. Seven. Seven. And and how many seasons did he have eight or more touchdowns? One, two, three, four. He played a long time. Again, like Curtis Martin. He might get in for that reason because of all the years that he played. I mean, accumul accumul just because it, just because you accumulate over time doesn't mean you're an outstanding player. There's not one path to the Hall of Fame. I'll put it to you this way. Anquan Bolden was never a top five wide receiver in this league. I disagree. I think he was top five wide receiver with the Cardinals in the mid-2000s. Yes, one year. When he had fourteen hundred yards and seven, and they had twelve, and then he twelve hundred the next year when he was catching passes from Matt Leinart. 
top five in the league, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Who, who he was, was probably playing. a top five receiver his first year when he was catching passes from Josh McCown. Are you surprised that Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken in the first round? Yes. Now, the interesting thing about Pittsburgh taking him is, in a manner of speaking, he's been in the Steelers building for the past five years. Yeah. Because it's an interesting thing there in Pittsburgh. The Steelers and Pitt Panthers not only share a stadium, they share a facility. Did you hear what the... That is on... That is... You remember... That is... I think it's literally on the University of Pittsburgh campus. I am paraphrasing here very much. This is not a direct quote, but I believe it was the GM who said today, usually I say to a draft pick, welcome to Pittsburgh. In this case, I'm saying, welcome to the other side of the building. Yeah. And, And when you look back on it now and you see the pieces in place, the fact that you had... Basically, everyone in Pittsburgh's building aware of Kenny Pickett. And and certainly, there's no question they have better intel than anybody else. Right. Because somebody like Mike Tomlin has seen Kenny Pickett work pretty regularly over the last five years. And so that's why the fact that they picked him is intriguing. Because they're doing so with more. It's kind of like the Patriots picking Mac Jones. Because we know that Bill Belichick has the Nick Saban hotline. Whatever Saban knows, right. Belichick knows. It's the sort of thing that makes me... And Mac Jones did pretty well as a rookie, right? Yep. It wouldn't surprise he's me. He's a pro if, bowler. Yeah. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be a pro bowler. Um, but I think he's going to be just fine for the Steelers. He may not be a great quarterback, but he'll probably be good enough for them. Because again, they, they're making the, they, they made a pick that you can argue is the most informed pick that anybody can make based on the based on the data and the observational information that they've accumulated over the years. You know, it was the first thing that popped into my mind once they selected Kenny Pickett. Mitchell yeah. Trubisky just got Trubisky'd. Nope. Because he did that to Mike Glennon. Nope. That's not what popped in my mind. Baker Mayfield is now not going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now he's not going there. Now it's, now he's just become more limited. Seattle, Carolina, we'll see. And Carolina doesn't have the draft capital. Uh, to to make a deal at least from this year's draft. Give me two things that popped out to you in the draft, and one of them I'm thinking of that I think you should say. Besides court or including quarterback, I mean not, not including quarterback. Okay. Um. Because I'll be surprised if you, unless I misheard you, unless I did not hear you correctly. Well, I'll give you one may, thing. Maybe I didn't hear two you. two corners in the first four picks. Okay. It's more of a, it's basically what we're seeing now is corner has caught up to edge in terms of impactful positions. When you're talking about the core four positions on the roster, they are QB, blindside protector, edge rusher, CB1. Well, yeah, CB, but cornerback one was kind of in some people's eyes was maybe behind edge. I think it's caught up okay. because Derek Stingley Jr. going third when he's coming off the list rankings right now. He's a great prospect. If you watch his tape from his freshman year at LSU, you'd think this guy's a Hall of Famer in the making. He's the, actually he's got certainly got the NFL bloodlines. His grandfather is, uh, the, you know, the late Daryl Stingley and his father played a lot of years in arena football as well. Um, so football, football has been in. Give me something else that surprised you. I, I'm telling you, storyline. I, I had to have heard you correctly. Maybe I didn't, 
But there's one thing that sticks out to me. If I heard you correctly, maybe I did. Well, I think the other it's what we just talked about at wide receiver. The fact that you have some teams that are saying we're not going to play the game of paying exorbitant salaries to wide receivers. It's going to be there are going to be teams, and I think the Titans are one of them. They're playing money ball with wide receivers. Okay, here are my two. Number one, the Packers didn't take a wide receiver. They went defense again. Did you hear Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee? And, that shouldn't surprise you, yeah, though. But, but Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said, that, and this is just how things have changed between him and Brian Gutekunst, mm-hmm. said they told him, yeah. we're not going receiver here. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers said he's fine with it because it based on how the board fell. They were they I don't think the Packers were expecting that run that run sure. in the early to mid part of the first okay. round at wide receiver. I think they were counting on one of the Ohio State guys dropping to them and they didn't right. didn't, didn't fall. Did you tell me you really like Jermaine Johnson? No. Ah, somebody then I heard it from somebody else. The Broncos did. Well, they didn't have a pick. Right. But that guy Jermaine sl- Johnson I slipped to twenty six. Jermaine Johnson, I think if the Broncos had had picked ninth, he might have been their guy. Right. But that he, that's he, why I, I he slipped to twenty six. He was a senior bowl stud. Right. I didn't like him. I thought at nine was a bit much. Right. I th- I don't think he should have fallen that far. I think the the interesting thing there when was when the Chiefs trade up to twenty one and they didn't they end up getting their edge rusher in Carl Aftis at at 30, but they trade up and they didn't take him. They went for a corner. I'll give you one more thing. Why do the Baltimore Ravens always seem to get what many consider to be the best guy in the draft defensively? Because they're not hooked on measurables. They're it's hooked on unbel- film. They got Kyle Hamilton. To me, Kyle Hamilton is as close to Quentin Nelson as you can get as a, this guy's not going to miss. Another Notre Dame guy. This guy's not going to miss. He, Yeah, it's... The thing, like, even you go back to history of this, going back to their first year in Baltimore. Remember, Ray Lewis fell to them, right? Right. You know what? What did they say about Ray Lewis? Not great. Not great timing numbers, and he's too short. They just don't get hung up on the measurables. They go like right. Lamar Jackson, too short. They don't get hung up on the measurables. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge, Eastern Conference Semifinals get going on Sunday. This is going to be a blockbuster matchup. Celtics, Bucks. Who you taking? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now. For what's trending. What's trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. 
Every Friday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. And here we go, fellas. Eastern Conference semifinals get going on Sunday. Celtics hosting the Bucks. Boston, four and a half point favorite. You taking the champs and the points? I'm taking the, the champs to win the series. I'm taking the Celtics to win this game. And so you're giving the points. You're I'm, giving the points. I'm giving the points, yep. I'm taking the Celtics to win this series. I think they are a sleeper. And I know where they landed in the Eastern Conference. Their defense is so stinking good, and they can score. They might be the most balanced team in basketball. Don't you think? Or don't you think? Possibly. Yeah, I, I don't know who plays better offensively and defensively than the Celtics. They get tons of scoring. Marcus Smart. I mean, I would love to see Marcus Smart go up against the Warriors and just lock down one of those guys. Playing against a team with a lot of championship medal, though, and uh, well, not a lot. They won a championship. Yeah, exactly. They won eight title. They've yeah, that's more than this Boston team has won. Well, I understand that, yeah, but they, just because you won a title doesn't mean you have. No, but it means you, it means you know, you know the path. I mean, if if look, I think if if Chris if Chris Middleton weren't hurt, I think this would be a slam dunk for Milwaukee. They're playing well without him, but they have to. They're probably going to have to play most, if not all, of this series without him. That's why I think it's going to be a tough, uh, a, a tough stretch. I think it ends up going six or seven games, and the Bucks pull it out in the end. Well, according to CBS Sports and the Athletic, Middleton will miss the entire series. Yeah, I, I mean Giannis is fantastic, right? But, but they look very good against the, the Bulls without him. So I don't think this is. They're I, the Bulls. They're the Bulls. They're the Chicago Bulls. They're not yeah. Michael Jordan's Bulls. Yeah, but these aren't Larry Bird Celtics either. Uh, defensively, they're still very good. Yeah, very, very good. They have the Defensive Player of the Year, and boy, they get plenty of scoring. That's fine. This is still the Milwaukee. I think is still even without Middleton. I think still has enough to win. Is this because you're a Wisconsin guy? No. You sure. Positive. All right, guys. What do you think? With that, that's going to do it for us. And now, what's coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. Well, the final regular season game for the Colorado Avalanche this evening. We know their first round matchup. We know their opponent tonight, obviously. Uh, we'll talk about your assessment of the season as a whole as well on the other side, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Girl, I must Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. 
just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the NHL regular season coming to a close here. The final regular season game for the Colorado Avalanche tonight on the road versus the Minnesota Wild, 6 o'clock p.m. The Avs lost to Nashville last night, 5-4, and it looks like the Preds will also be their first round matchup in the playoffs. One word to describe this 2021-22 regular season for the Avalanche. Prelude. That's what they hope it is. All it was, if it were talking about the season being a novel, the entire season would be what they called expository action. Those are big words. Yeah. Why don't you explain what that means for for those of us that didn't do well in the SAT? It basically means it's it's the stuff that happens early in the story that sets up the actual plot. The actual plot doesn't really get going until they start their first round series. That. That's what this season is all about. That's what this season has always been all about, being ready for May and hopefully June. I know you asked for one word, Danny. Uh, you got two for Mace. I'll give you Well, two. I gave you prelude. That's yeah. why I said it. That, uh, that's why I said that. Because, uh, but I'm going to give two yeah. words. The regular season was a necessary evil to get to where they need to go. Prelude is an excellent word because, A, it's one word. But that's really what it was. Or prologue. I mean, e- either way. It wasn't the story. What we're saying is that the regular season isn't the story of the Avs. Right. No one's going to remember that they had the best record in the Western Conference. They're only going to remember what they did. And honestly, uh, I don't want to say it's cup or bust because Florida is really good. If they lose to Florida in the cup finals, I think Avs fans should accept that. But if they lose to anybody else, it's not acceptable. And I would say, just, is that good. and I would just to say in general, no matter who they play, because Florida's got to navigate a minefield over in the East. Its finals are bust. Oh, no doubt. Because they, it might not be Florida, but you could go against Carolina, you could go against Tampa Bay, and you could be fa- you could be oh, you could go against Toronto and just be facing a hot goalie. Right. The uh, the Western Conference this year in the NHL is kind of like the um, NFC. And the Eastern Conference is kind of like the AFC. Right down to the fact that it's possible that for all we talk about the NFC and AFC, the NFC still might have the best single team in the Rams, who are the defending champions. Right. And the West may have the best single team in the Avs. But the drop-off from the Avs to to the rest of the conference is severe, just as in in the NFC. I would... I think it's a severe drop off beyond the Rams because remember they've owned the Bucks the last couple of years. Right. Just in case you missed it, the uh, New York Giants declined quarterback Daniel Jones' fifth year option for 2023. The Giants have the 36th pick, the fourth pick of the second round this evening. Uh, do you think that they look at one of these quarterbacks remaining? Uh, they picked Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal with their first round picks and there's still a bunch of quarterbacks on the board as we get round two rolling here tonight. I think I think they do take a look at, at these quarterbacks. Now it's also possible that they may be kind of looking at even next year's draft class, even though I don't think they're gonna finish with the first or the sec with the with the first or second pick after this season when all, all is said and done, but they may be looking at next year's market as well and saying, Okay, 
there are probably going to be four quarterbacks going to the top 15 next year. We'll be in position to get one of them. So I think the look at these quarterbacks, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think there are other teams that may be more motivated to get in position for one of these quarterbacks, especially Malik Willis. I think this is the perfect time for the Giants to take Malik Willis. I do. But I know how deep it is through two. Next year, is it really that deep up to four? It's de- the top two are clearly yeah, I know there. That. But what about the next two guys? That's it. Just depends how much you like them. Right, I get that, but I don't think they'll have one of the top two picks. Probably it, not. But that's and what, if Daniel Jones isn't the guy. Then what do you have? Well, that's why if you're the Giants, you are basically looking. You're saying, okay, let's take Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. Good chance he's quarterback three, right? Do you like Malik Willis more than Jake Hayner? If the answer is yes, you take Malik Willis. But they may not be able to stand pat and do that. I, I There are a lot of teams reportedly trying to get to pick 33 and pick quarterback. Right now, Tampa Bay has that pick, but could be interested in trading down. How about trade for Baker Mayfield? That'd be interesting. Uh, he's a perfect New York guy. Lots of piss and vinegar. Yeah, but could he handle the New York media? He could handle the New York media by sniping back at him. See, I always thought, like, for example... He's not going to take it from them. See, I thought Eli Manning was always perfectly suited for for New York media because he just didn't give a damn. Right. Like, Peyton Manning could not have have handled New York. Well, he could have because he had so much success. He was great, but, but he would have... But even, like, the attention here, he was sort of blown away. Like, is it like this every day? You know, the attention... You know, the the, fo- the focus on the interceptions, it would have driven him a little batty in a way that it didn't drive Eli. In the end, Peyton, Peyton and Eli went to the right spots for their personalities. I do not know where the Giants are with the salary cap. You want to look that up? Because maybe somehow, some way, I don't think they'll do it. But they should they should think about that if they want to be relevant. Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback, actually. He's not, a, he's not a marginal quarterback. He was injured this past year. He probably played with injury. He probably did himself a disservice by playing, even though I would look at that from a team perspective and say, I admire that. Oh, the giants, the cap space right now, it's not great. 6.22 million. So they would need the Browns to take some of that off. The Browns probably aren't trading Baker Mayfield tonight without, without giving the team that gets him some cap relief. Right. Just in case you missed it, the World Series champion Atlanta Braves have activated Ronald Acuna Jr. from the injury list, and they plan to remain cautious with the 2018 Rookie of the Year, but are projecting a May 6th return. What players have uh, really stepped up the most in Acuna's absence? Nobody. Well, let me take this one, Mace. Fine. No. (laughs) Nobody. That's why they're calling him up right now. That's why he played last night. Because... Uh, because the bottom of the lineup is is a is a is a black hole of suck at this point. Uh, Alex Dickerson, who came who, who they brought in to kind of nominally fill in for Acuna, did nothing. And when they brought Acuna up, they DFA'd uh, the DFA Dickerson. That's that's why he's back slightly ahead of schedule. First of all, he was doing well, and he he played he was playing in the field. The story is that. The original plan was he was going to DH for a month and then return to right field. Instead, they're already working him in at right field at the major league level. And again, that just sort of tells you how, where they are right now 
they felt certainly a bit of urgency. Acuna had come on nicely, but I think they abandoned all pretense of caution when they looked at how the bottom half of their lineup was doing. Rockies have a better record than the Braves. Yeah, they do, in spite of getting a four-game sweep this week in Philadelphia. The uh, the Braves are under five hundred. Yeah, they were under five hundred at this point last year, too. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They were under five hundred. They're going to miss Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman for Matt Ol- Matt Olson for Freddie Freeman is not why they're below five hundred. They're below they're below five hundred because Dansby <laughs> Swanson's not hitting. Uh-huh. Alex Dickerson didn't hit. Right. Adam Duvall's not Adam Duvall's not hitting. And because most of their rota- Charlie Morton has been struggling. Overrated. Max Fried had a shaky start, but overrated. he's been fine. Overrated. Oh what? Why are you? Why are you whole, doing this? Whole franchise is overrated. Finally but, won a World Series. That's great. Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> I know I'm going to get this reaction. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. What I love about Mountain High Appliances is their sales staff is really going to get you what you need. They ask the right questions. It's a big purchase when you buy appliances. Make sure you get what you want. You go to the big box stores. These people don't know what you need. Go to Mountain High Appliance. You're going to get what you need, whether you need something to fit your budget or you want to completely upfit your entire kitchen and redesign it, they can help you do that too. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Day two of the NFL draft is going to kick off in a couple of minutes. We will keep you updated on what is going on with the draft, who is picking whom, and are the Broncos moving up. But coming up after the break, let's talk about yesterday. Chargers and the Chiefs made some picks. How much is it going to help those teams? Any surprises, by the way, on who they picked? That's next.